Hello and welcome back. Uh, before I intro the guest, uh, we have a sponsor for the podcast, which is Epic. Uh, so just a reminder that this show is sponsored by CapEx.com, the official trading partner of Juventus. To win a Juventus hamper giveaway, go to www.capex.com, click on the front page link and follow the instructions on how to enter the, uh, for the hamper giveaway. Um, I have the real privilege today of being joined by Gavin Kaplan. Uh, made his professional debut season this year for the Western Province Blitz, um, which was so incredible. I've known Gavin for for many years, uh, for my sins, uh, from Wilton Cricket Club all the way to Ronnebosch Boys Prep and High School. So, man, it was epic watching you uh, this this or make your debut season this year, and this what makes this podcast even more special to me. So, Gav, thanks so much for joining uh, me and coming on. I, I really appreciate it, bro. Absolutely, it's. Uh... Thanks, Robbie. Thanks for the little introduction there. We do go back uh, many a year, probably probably longer than we we both think. But uh, yeah, lucky to be on here and uh, looking forward to some good conversation. Yeah, I think it's going to be epic. Um, but before we get into the performance stuff and you know the real reason why we're here, I think it, something trivial, but I think interesting. Uh, seeing as though you've made your, your debut season this year, um, let's chat a bit about. Uh, in your opinion, did you think it's actually made? Uh, or had the best kind of debut season, um, that the first one that kind of springs to mind? Um, yeah, I think it's um, it's a tough one to say, like a, an actual season, but I reckon like a, maybe a, someone that made a massive mark on their debut in their debut season is probably like a Manus Labuskakni mm-hmm. um, internationally, um, like flipping Unreal, just the way that he, he came into it and just flipping, you know, duck to water kind of thing. Um, and now he's the best in the world a couple of years later. Um, so I think he was he was massive. And then I think um, locally here for us, um, I think Daniel Smith's been unreal. Had a flipping awesome season. A um, lot of runs and kind of also kind of just looked like a bit of a duck to water. Um, just the way that he the way that he went about it. So it was flipping. Yeah, it was really cool to see firsthand someone someone you know grasping something so quickly. So yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, there's been quite a bit of chat about that Daniel Smith guy. Um, and also, I don't, I don't think he look past uh, Rivers, hey? Yeah, that's uh, also something that happened really quickly. Like, he was, you know, under 19 World Cup, I think, you know, happened at the perfect time for him. Yeah. And he did, well, I mean, the best someone's ever done there. So, you know, got to take your hat off to, to the youngster. Um, and then now in the IPL, he's, he's cleaning up. He's doing so well. So, yeah, definitely one, I think, for the future. Um, in South African cricket and, you know, just hope that they can just look after him and keep keep that kind of ladder going for him. Yeah, I was going to say, he's like, he's almost just like another a new superstar. If you look at it, like a couple of years out of school, well, a couple months out of school, the guy's almost got 300k on Instagram. Like, in terms of yeah. creating a, a world superstar, I think he's, he's up there with one of our, like, one of the one of the new ones in South Africa. Yeah, and pretty much, pretty much overnight in a way. Yeah. He was over, over, Two week span, he was kind of the end of the um, end of that under nineteen World Cup, and then a couple of weeks later, he's being bought for six million rand or whatever in the in the IPL. And there's this massive thing. I think he was. We were actually on tour um, in PE, and he was there at that T Twenty yes. uh, bubble. And uh, he he came the one day, and he was just like walking around, whatever. And he had six thousand followers on Instagram. And the next day, we kind of walked past him in the breakfast room, and he was on one hundred and ten thousand. So it was. It's crazy, and you just look at that, and you're like, that's the that's the guy, you know. Um, but yeah, it seems like a really like humble guy. Um, 
and yeah, like I said, definitely one to watch for the yeah. future. He's a proper cricketer. Did you did you play against him? Uh, yeah, I didn't actually play that game, but I fielded for the twenty overs. I actually caught him. Sort of, okay. you know, claimed a little claim to fame down at Longline. Yeah, yeah, a little claim to fame. Um, yeah, but he yeah just just hits it so clean and just seems like he's got a lot of time in the ball. Well, well, enough about Brevis. I mean, on the on the topic of catches, I mean, we we're going to bring it into the conversation a bit later. But you know, well, as soon as we're on it, we may as well bring that one up. Uh, Chat us through it. That, uh, bro, I, I saw it now, and I was like, there's no way. No way. Two hands as well, dude. Yeah, yeah. It was actually a bit of a weird one. It's um, I thought about it the other day. It's like one of those things you, you practice all the time. You know, at, at training, you you know, from when you're like a youngster. <laughs> You know, diving around at school and Oaks is just trying to take wild catches, and you you never think you're actually gonna get you're gonna get one in a game, and then it kind of just happens and it sticks and it happens quite quickly. I was actually um, in the wrong place, so you can't really see it on the on the video. But two balls before that, uh, Richard Levy was at cover and he said to me, "Make sure that you stay like right on the edge of the ring because he's gonna hit it there." And I was just like, you know, edging forward, edging forward. Two balls later, I was, I was probably like five, six meters in from the ring. So I was probably in the wrong place. And it probably would have just come to me, you yeah. know, at my left shoulder. Um, but yeah, I dived, went in it and it stuck. So yeah, it was, it was cool. Oh, world class, world class. Gavle, let's get into performance. Uh, and the old saying goes that every level uh, has a new devil. So I'd love to pick your brain on, on some of the tools that you've You've had to learn the season and, you know, in your cricketing journey uh, on, on what it means to perform under pressure and when it matters, like, you know, six meters in, you you get that wrong and Richard Levy's cucking you out, you know. Um, yeah. And because you've leveled up recently, I think these learnings will be pretty fresh in your memory. So I think they're going to be nuggets of gold for me and the listeners. I've actually got my pen and paper here. And I'll be taking notes. And I think let's let, let's kick off with the first question. Um, and, and it's what what does it take to be a successful individual and operate uh, at a high pressure environment? Yeah, I think there's a, it's a good question. I think there's a couple of things um, in any high performance environment, whether it's work or sport or or whatever the case may be. I think it's um, it's just the main thing that stands out for me is just being consistent in in what you do um whether it's training whether it's a kind of a routine that you go through uh at training or before a game i think you've just got to be consistent in that and and try and trust those um those processes that you've got in place i think if you don't have a process and you kind of you're winging it you you're setting yourself up for um for disaster i suppose so I think if you, you know, the old, the old saying is uh, um, prepare to fail or what's it fail to prepare, prepare to fail kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's the thing. I think you've got to be on top of your planning and uh, on top of kind of what you want to get out of, of every day. So instead of looking at, okay, cool, we've got a, we've got a comp in three weeks time. Where do I want to be in three weeks time? We've got to say more, okay, where do I want to be at the end of tomorrow's session or what do I want to feel um, at the end of today's session? What do I need to take out of, out of each day um, and be consistent in that and trust that process. And then the bigger things I think will take care of themselves. I think it's also something that people talk about a lot, like look after the small things. Mm. Um, but I, I think I've seen this season that that is, that's really, really important that you're just looking after the small things, whatever it is for you, 
um, that can get get you ready in X amount of time. I think is the most important thing from a from a prep point of view. And if you can, I think if you trust that prep, um, you're giving yourself a chance. Mm. You've really just got to you got to trust the work when you get there on match day or whatever it is. Um, your big meeting for work, you've got to you've got to trust that you've put the work in. And you, I think you know deep down if you have or or yes. if you haven't. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can you can try and fake it and pretend that you that you're on it, but you know deep down if you if you've done the work or if you haven't. So so what does it look like for you to be consistent you know so like you are let this take care of the small things um brilliant yeah. but self-discipline uh self-awareness those kinds of things what does it look like for you to be consistent and looking after the small things every day and then also i suppose how do you track that yeah yeah i think there's um there it's hard to get a measurable thing in terms of tracking it but i think for me it's just making sure that um personally that I hit enough balls. I'm a, I'm big on like just making sure that I hit enough balls. It's about volume um, more than anything. If I go into a net for, for 10 minutes, it's not, it's not going to do anything really for me. Um, so for me, those processes are, are batting as long as I can kind of beforehand, before the game without being silly about it, you know, um, and then going through, through certain routines and certain processes kind of in that time in the net. And just making sure that I'm using the time and it's not just, okay, I'm facing bowlers and let me go and have a whack that you actually, you really use that time. Um, and then I'm also big on, on like, if someone's throwing balls and doing drills, I'll, I'll try and join in and, and do my drills that I know kind of make me feel good. So hitting the ball straight off the ground, uh, bouncing the ball into the ground, all those kinds of, you know, those, those drills that we do with youngsters, um, they still apply. So I think it's hard to kind of to measure it um, specifically with a number. Uh, and sometimes you do want to go a little bit more on, on feeling. And, you know, if I've added 45 minutes, are these extra five minutes going to help me because I'm really feeling good at the moment, then it's then happy days. Um, but again, I think it's just finding, finding that balance of, of what works for you. Um, and I know, I know for me, just hitting a lot of balls and, and trusting that is, is kind of what works for me. So, so there's no, so you wouldn't say there's a metric, but it's almost like how how you feel. So if you if you go in, and so so you said cool, like I'm I'm into volume, but if you go into the nets and you face five balls and you think this is the best I've ever felt, do you get out or do you stay in and hit more? Balls? No, I'll, so I'll stay in. So there's probably like a if you want to put a metric on it, like it's hard because we go like you'll have a big training day, then like an optional day, and then game day, something like that. That's kind of how the schedule for the week would work. Um, but I wouldn't walk out before a certain amount of time. Okay. So, so it'll be like, let's say it's about half an hour roughly that we'll bat against bowlers and stuff. Um, and if I'm feeling good then at that half an hour mark or it's 40 minutes, whatever it is, then I'll say, okay, I'm feeling good here. Let's end it here. Or I'm feeling good. Let me try and feel better. Or I'm feeling cuck. Mm. <laughs> let me go and hit some more. Or some days it's just like, I'm feeling really cuck. Let me just, you know, call up here and say, save the good ones for the game. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a, I think, a balance between um, that, like, feel and how you're feeling and also the amount of balls that you hit. I think that as a batter, the bowlers are very, um, their stuff's very structured. They only bowl X amount of overs. And, okay. um, and sometimes they'll stop. If they're feeling really good before, they'll say, that's kind of me. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just knowing what you want to get out of it, like I said earlier. Um, and then from there, you, you can go with, okay, it's a bit more, you know, I'm feeling good. 
or whatever the case is. There seems to be a, a, quite a bit of self-awareness and self-discipline in terms of, cool, I, I'm feeling good now after five balls, but I need to be in here for 45 minutes. So there seems to be quite a bit of self-discipline involved. Um, has it always been something that you've had? Like, you know, even at school, were you, were you someone who's, um, well, I suppose the question is, has your training differed from school to now? in terms of, of discipline and like at school maybe it was like oh, let me sit around or have you always yeah. had that kind of discipline in terms of training yeah i think i've always had a a pretty good discipline in training um and i think a pretty good awareness of where i'm at mm. as well uh which i think is really really important obviously with your training and with your games and with kind of just general stuff i think you you got to know um where you are and if you are in a good space, then how do you manage that good space? Um, and if you are in a in a bad space, how do you manage that? Um, I think one of the biggest learnings I took uh, was from Tom actually, and he said, um, "If you ride on top, how do you kind of should go down a level? Go down a level, and if you ride on the bottom, how do you kind of pick yourself up to to a level so that you're kind of on a middle ground um, the whole time, just in terms of uh, just mentally, can you kind of stay?" stay somewhere in the middle so that you're not, you know, jumping too far. Okay, I'm batting well. Now I'm just going to flip and drive it, everything outside all because I can kind of thing. Or I'm batting tucks and I'm going to block everything. Yeah. Or I'm going to go completely into my shell. So how can you try and find that um, that middle ground? And I try and, you know, try and not read too deeply into kind of how things are going uh, in the middle in terms of results because that's a little bit uncontrollable sometimes. Um and try and just kind of stay stay somewhere in that middle ground. So, so what are what are some practical applications to to stay in that middle ground, um, especially when you're in the the pressure cooker that is in the middle? You know, like staying in in, a, in like a maybe a mid middle ground is maybe a little bit easier in the net because it's I mean there's less yeah. pressure. But when you're in that pressure cooker, say at, at Newlands, and things are going great. Or things are going poorly. What are what are some practical applications that you've maybe used um, to to stay in the middle ground, and maybe some examples of innings that you that you had to use it in? Yeah, I think um, yeah, it's actually a recent example. I start off with the example and kind of go from there. Um, where I wasn't I wasn't feeling great. Uh, we had just come back from the T Twenty comp, um, and like just just wasn't it was feeling just a little bit. You know, just out. The rhythm was out. The whole thing was kind of out. Um, and we went uh, and we had a net like the day before the game. Again, felt horrible. Um, and the four-day game started, I think, on the Friday against Northwest. Um, and I was batting at four and I'm like sitting up in the change room like just before lunch there. I'm like, oh, you know, it's not so lekker. Like I'm not feeling so good yet. Um, but I need to, but, you know, I'm going to go bat and you kind of got to make the most of of the opportunity that you got. Um, and I went out and I think my second or third ball, like I hit one out the middle and all of a sudden like things, things start to like roll from there. Um, so I think a learning for me from that was, you, you know, you never far, you, you, you might think that you, you're far away and you're not, you, you know, where and your feet aren't moving or whatever the case is, but you, you literally one out the middle, your feet might not even move. You might just cream it through the covers before and you, and you're kind of going again. Um, I think I've got a I've got a little thing that I like say to myself as I tap my bat down, um, just to kind of just trust yourself um, and just and just play. Um, so that's kind of a process that I go through every single ball, 
um, as I tap my bat down, it's like trust, you know, um, just watch the ball play kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think practical stuff, I think you've just got to, I sometimes try and just look at it from the outside and not too much from the inside. I think when you're looking at things like as yourself, you, you can get, um, you can get kind of wound up very quickly and you can, you can worry about small things. But try and like, let's say it's in a pressure cooker moment, I'll try and just, you know, look at it from the outside. Um, and almost if I was sitting up in the, uh, up in the box or whatever, and the guys were watching, what would they be kind of saying to you? Um, instead of like, yeah, I'm under the, I'm under the pump here. What am I going to do? You just kind of separate yourself, um, from it and you try and you try and see what, what the angle is from the outside. Oh, that's really interesting because it's like, as you say, it's like it's a different perspective when you're in there or when you're in the box you think no this is chilled like, like he, yeah. he's got this he's got this um, but I, I wanted to pick up on on something you know when you say like you, when you tap in your bat it's like just trust the process trust yourself I wanted to ask like so obviously you were out of school for what's that like six years five. seven yeah yeah five six years before you made your, your professional yeah. and then you make it I wanted to ask like did you because it took slightly longer, did you did you ever have almost that imposter syndrome of like, I'm here, but you know, I don't know, like, how did you how did you manage to kind of put yourself, find you say, find yourself in the team, and then you're like, okay, well, I've earned it, I'm good enough to be here, or did you go into it being straight away like, okay, I'm I'm good enough, or it was a thing you had to yeah. transition into? Yeah, definitely something to to transition into. I think because of how long it's taken. Uh, I think if it was something that it was straight away, then you kind of, you know, you, you're like, well, I'm here now and I'm playing here now. It's not, I've worked for five, six years and, you know, all these things, these things are building up, but am I, when you get there, are you ready? And that kind of thing. Um, I've, I've also listened to a lot of like interviews and stuff on, you know, are people ready? Um, I think 95% of the time you, you're learning on the job anyway. Yeah. Um, and you, you probably, you, you think you're not quite ready, but you probably are kind of thing. Um, yeah. so, so I was, I was kind of in that space where I was like, oh, I am not sure, you know, am I ready? Can I, can I not only play here, but can I perform here? Uh, it's one thing to, you know, sure. you play and it's, That's it's cool. amazing, but then, it, yeah, it's another thing to actually perform at the level, mm. um, which is something I, I realized quite quickly that I could play at the level, um, even that, that first game that I played in my debut game, I felt like, geez, you know, you're here. You can play, uh, you know, I didn't get a lot of runs, but it just felt like you can play at this level. Uh, but then to go and put in a big performance, um, I think is another thing where I'm, where I'm going to try and move it to next season. Um, yeah, so I think whether I was ready or not, um, I think ready to play, um, but nearly, nearly ready to put in like a big performance, a big match winning 100 or... Um, match winning 80 not out or whatever the case is I think that's yeah that's kind of what I'm working towards to actually put in that big performance um, but yeah I think it does uh, it took a little bit I wish it was quicker but it did take a little bit of time just to you also look around kind of the change room um, and you like geez I'm playing with some of these guys that like you know you, you grew up watching and um, and you thought you would geez I thought you know you never play with these like, so just you see them on the TV or you see them at the IPL and then you actually playing with him. So that's another thing to kind of get used to. Um, I think especially in cricket, because it's, it's a very individual game. Um, 
yeah, so that was it was flipping cool, but yeah, something to definitely take forward is is just you know um, keep trying to put in those big performances and not just the not just playing at the level, if you know what I mean. Mm. And what does that look like? So what 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 is prepping to? So you know, I mean, Gav, we watched you. Um, we would try to watch every game that you played, and again, you, you looked so comfortable. Um, but so, so what? So you obviously, as you say, you could play at the level. So what does prep yeah. look like in terms of I want to perform now? What what is what does that kind of look like? Is it is it mental? Is it physical? Is it getting stronger? What, what kinds of things are yeah. does that prep involve? I think it's more mental. I think it's um, it's probably like you know in those in a lot of the games I got in and, and got out. Um, and I, I think the nature of the game is the higher you go, the the more consistent the guys execute their skills. Mm. I think in any in any sport. So I think for me, I've got to just learn to execute my skill for longer. And I don't think it's a skill thing. I think it's just a mental thing. I'm saying, you know, it's stay in the battle, um, just for a little bit longer, a little bit longer, get to 40, get to 50, and then you know, keep going from there. Um, where I found myself sometimes maybe just getting out of that process for five minutes and you nailed and you're gone kind of thing um so i think for me it's going to be a big thing now um just learning how to stick in that process for for longer periods i think that'll that'll turn that like you know playing at the level into really performing at the level i think that's i hope you know we, yes, can, only, we can only hope that these things are are the right way and i think i'm i think my thinking on that path is is good yeah yeah and i want to as i mean so obviously you had a journey before this year, and I don't think it's something we can look past because it must have been a pretty, um, I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe a bit frustrating knowing that, like, as you said now, um, I mean, there's obviously an element of self-belief. Uh, and when you're playing at a level that a little bit below that than you should be, when you, I mean, you said now, when you got to uh, the Blitz, you felt like you could you could play there. Um, so I wanted to chat, like maybe just about the journey before uh, playing club cricket, uh, the kinds of learnings you had to take from there. Maybe a bit of patience. Um, yeah. yeah, just maybe chat through that journey for us. Yeah. So I um, when I leave school, 2016. Yeah. That's a long time ago. <laughs> um, and uh, we kind of went straight into club cricket. Um, was involved with the, did the Gary Kirsten High Performance Academy and was involved with the Western Province Academy and kind of just like cruising um, kind of that level below the, the semi-pro side that back then they had the semi-pro side and then they had the Cobras. Um, but always kind of felt like I was, you know, it took me a while actually first, which is something that I kind of lean back on now to score rounds at club cricket and to, to perform at club cricket. I played well there for, for probably a season or two and felt like you know you, you can perform here uh, but probably took me two seasons or so before i really started you know dominating and um and performing well consistently at that level uh, i think it was yeah just a bit of you know club cricket it teaches you a lot you um <laughs> can humble you quickly and uh i think I think great learnings and I played around some really cool guys as well that, that have helped me all the way through and still continue to, I'll still lean on them. Um, but yeah, I think club cricket, I learned a lot about, about myself, uh, what I need to do kind of to be ready for games and um, what I need to do to take the game, my game to the next level and what I need to do to win games and et cetera, et cetera. I learned that over those three, four years, five years even. Um, 
And I feel like now, as much as it was frustrating at the time, I feel like now I'm probably more ready to play pro cricket than I was five years ago. So back then I might have thought, you know, geez, you can play, you, know, you, you can, you know, get selected, you're better than this oak or you're better than that oak. Um, but I'd almost, you know, if I look back at it in 10 years time, I'll probably say I'd rather do it the way that, that I did it and do it the slow way where you can learn more about your game and, and, you know, trust your own game a little bit more and just keep building on your own things. And then when you do get selected um, and you do kind of start putting in um, not only performances, but seasons of performances, hopefully you can look back and say, you know, that's because I gave myself that opportunity and I kept working at it kind of during that time. Um, so yeah, I played, I pretty much played club cricket for a better part of five years, obviously COVID and stuff, maybe four years. Um, and yeah, just like I said, learned a lot, um, played a lot of interesting places and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> my family got abused a few times as it, as it goes in club cricket. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if you can, I mean, if you are in that zone and you are playing that club cricket and you do want to go higher, I think it's important to, you know, just, just keep going and stay patient. And like, I mean, my chance, I didn't think I was going to play one game this season. I ended up playing, I think, 15 out of 22 or something ridiculous. So, yeah, I think as soon as you think that you, you know, you're down and in the water, um, your hard work will eventually help you out. Mm. Um, and the stuff that you've done in the background, it, it has to. I also took me a while to to kind of believe that, but I think <laughs> I think I'm starting to believe it um, slowly but surely that your hard work eventually, somewhere as as you know, as as small as it might seem to you at the time, it will it will add up you know that one little gym session that you go to that one little run that you go on you know those extra balls that you hit or whatever it is i think at some stage that stuff catches up and it'll help you it might not be right now you know it might not be in the in the field that you want it to be in but somewhere i think you just got to trust that there will be rewards at the end of the day mm. and, and throughout those five years of the club cricket what was the goal did you always believe that you could be where you are now you know having controlled the the small things being consistent in the small things disciplined what was the goal and like three years in were you like i'm still gonna gun for professional cricket or like what, what were your thoughts around that what kind of emotions ran through your head or thoughts about maybe is the dream over or is it always yeah be there? yeah and no, i think it was always um to play pro cricket you know, and to have the opportunity to play pro cricket. Um, I think your goals kind of shift as you shift. I've never been a one for like setting goals in like five years time or whatever, because you just don't know and your and your goals can shift all the time. You know, if let's say you get selected for South Africa tomorrow, then your goal changes from playing for South Africa to, you know, batting number three for South Africa, and then it changes to being the best in the world kind of thing. Yeah. So I think my goals kind of shifted, you know, I was, I was studying um, straight out of school or first year next year out of school so I was doing a little bit of that and I was playing at the same time and it was I was doing like a little bit of coaching so it was a little bit kind of it shifted around a little bit um and I think the goal was always still in the background to play pro cricket you know um the studies are great and I've, I've got my degree and stuff which is awesome which I think now for the next couple of years has allowed me to like a little bit of freedom to go and, yes. and really try and you know make a career of this, um, which I think I can do and I need to believe that I can do. Um, but I think because that's kind of done and out the way, 
I finished that July last year and things kind of started moving just after then. I don't know if it's coincidence or whatever it is, but that's gold. Yeah. I think the yeah, yeah. The goal was always to, um, to play pro cricket. And I think, you know, since that stuff kind of not blaming it on that or whatever, um, but now that there's a little bit more free, <laughs> a little bit more freedom and a little bit more time, I think, um, it's kind of opened me up and freed me up to really go and, you know, and play. And I'm lucky that I can do that. And I don't necessarily have to go tomorrow and get a job, you know, live at home with their ends. There's no worries there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think from that point of view, it's awesome. And, and I can really give it a go for the next next couple of years. Um, uh, but, yeah, I think also a massive thing that that's helped me in the last, probably since then and when I kind of did well at the beginning of, of the season was uh, probably just, you know, wasn't too worried about about failing. Um, I used to have a bit of, bit of a bigger fear of failure, where you know it took me a little while, and now I kind of just you know yeah accept it. It is what it is. You're gonna fail. Um, so yeah, I've, I've kind of I feel like I've gotten over a little hurdle with that, um, which is also maybe learned from club cricket or or whatever yeah. the case is. But all all part of the journey, I suppose. And uh, yeah, feeling you know feeling a little bit more just just free in general. Um, in terms of just, you know, the cricket and training and, you know, just really giving it a go for the next couple of years. Do you think um, that has anything to do with you finishing your degree and being like, cool, I've actually, like, if, like, for some reason this cricket thing doesn't work out, I do have, like, something that I can go back to and enjoy. I'm not saying that's your mindset, but maybe, yeah. like, subconsciously. No, I think like, so. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah subconsciously, it, it might be. Um, it's not something that's at the front of my mind. You don't want that yes, to be no, at the front no, of my no, mind. No, 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 no. Uh, but I think it is it is definitely something that that maybe you know it was kind of like you've got your degree you can kind of now go and and play um, and if worse comes to worse you you've kind of got your degree um, yeah. in the back pocket if you really need it um, so yeah, I think it, def- it probably it probably does have a, a little impact there yeah. like 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 way way at the back of your way back way yeah, back, yeah. Way back. <laughs> maybe just maybe just back of the back of the shoulder yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, the, and that fear of failure like that's something I think that everyone struggles with uh, and I think like in everyday life um, what what scares you about about failure like what kinds of things did you hampered your performance in terms of shit if I fail you know like yeah, I think it. Um, I think it's probably a, a couple of things. You know, you you don't want to you don't want to disappoint anyone, mm-hmm. um, but most of all, you don't want to disappoint yourself. Yeah. Um, and you feel like you know you're putting in so much work, and you're hitting so many extra balls, that you don't want to you don't want to lose that, and you don't want to disappoint that guy that's hitting all the balls kind of thing, mm-hmm. and putting in all the extra work. So I think it, yeah, the fear of failure, um, de- definitely hampered definitely hampered my performance um especially that like first little bit like in club cricket um had you've had many a conversation with uh with quite a few people about it and just how, how they went about it um and i think for me the biggest the biggest the one day we were playing a game i think it was 19 18 whatever like first year out also beginning of like club cricket like feeling good um apparently looking good i can't see what it looks like um and I went to Derek Mitchell, who you also know very well, I think. Yeah. Um, and I said, like, Mitch, like, what, uh, you know, like, what is this thing? You know, like, why am I, like, failing? And, like, why am I not scoring rounds? Like, I'm feeling so good. I'm putting in all the prep kind of thing. And he just said to me, because you, 
you look like you just you just like a little bit in your shell you know you're not standing there like you own the place which you actually when you're batting you're showing me that you do kind of thing and you're standing there like you're just a little bit worried and then he said to me, and I looked at him, I was like, that's a little bit of a weird thing to say. Like, we're playing in 20 minutes. Now I must go and what must I go and stand on my toes and like hit the bowler? What must I do? And he said to me, no, but look over there. And he like pointed at the sun on the one side of the field. And I was like, what the hell is this like doing? Like, has he lost the plot? And he was like, no, you know what that is? And I said, yes, I know what that is. It's the sun. <laughs> and he said, you know what that's going to do? I said, yeah, yeah, Mitch. He's like, so what's it going to do? I said, it goes around. He says, yeah, tomorrow morning is going to come up. <laughs> so flip and go and play, you know, and play like the way you want to play. And if you want to hit the bowler over his head for six, hit him over his head for six. And if you get out doing it, you know what's going to happen? The sun's going to come up kind of thing. <laughs> so that was something that was like a little conversation that I had probably five, six years ago. Um, that like helped with that like fear of failure. It's just like, yeah. you know what, just flip and just go and play and play. I think importantly, I think in any sport or anything, you want you play the way you want to play. Um, don't do it because... <laughs> this one needs this or this one says that just go and if you want to do something and you want to hit the bowler like Mitch said over his head yeah then go and if it doesn't work out you know the world's not going to end really it's yes, a game yeah. at the end of the day and that was his kind of um perspective on it so yeah good learning I think in terms of fear of failure on that was was like just a small little thing like yeah. that it was just massive and then uh I think also just you learn to get over it by failing but uh it might sound bad but like when you when you when you fail enough then you learn you know it's actually that's fine kind of thing so you get over it and you get over being scared of it i think because you because you go through gab in terms of the the saying like it's just a game how does that change when you play it professionally because <laughs> then it isn't yeah, just I think a game, it, you know because like, it's not just a game yeah. yeah um yeah so i think all those conversations that i've had you need to you need to kind of, again, find that middle ground that like Tom speaks about, um, which I kind of use a lot um, as well. But I think, because uh, it isn't just a game, then, like you say, it's, 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 it's serious, it's big boy stuff. Um, I, think, I think you've got to try and have the mentality of, you know what, I'm going to play the way that I want to play uh, and adjust to, to the game situation. Uh, but I, I, still, I still think you've got to go out there and say, I'm going to enjoy myself, you know, um and and try and play for the reasons that you that you started playing the game i think as soon as you start playing for other things and stop enjoying it uh you'll get yourself oh, the dark tunnel mm. um and it's a slippery slope and it happens very quickly that you that you really just stop enjoying it so yeah. i think and, and one thing i can take from the season is that you know results might have not been you know exactly where i wanted personally i could you can always do a bit better but I, I really enjoyed myself and, and kind of try to keep enjoying uh, the processes, even when you were struggling, just, just, you know, just try and enjoy it. Um, and yeah, it is, it, you know, it is like you say, as, as you go up, it's, it's not just the game. Um, but yeah, I think you, you've got to just tone down the, uh, the big boy side of it and, and try and, you know, balance that out. Mm. Yeah. That's uh it's an interesting one because I mean, like I always hear, it, it's like it's just a game, and I'm like, actually, like it's not for these guys. But again, yeah. middle ground so important. Uh, but Gab, yeah. if, we, if we can bring this thing full circle uh, and and to what you said in the beginning with being consistent, controlling the the, the small things, what what are some practical uh, applications you can you can do to to apply these characteristics to get them? Yeah, I think. Um... I think it's just it's just habits 
And it's just, um, firstly, you've got to obviously understand what you need. Uh, that self-awareness that we spoke about earlier. If you understand what you need, then you can, you know, you're, you're a little portion of the way there. Um, and then I think it's just getting into into habits of doing those things, um, come rain or shine or whatever the, whatever it is. You need to know the things that you need um, to get you going. And then from there, you can you can then go and do them. Uh, and I think it's it's also one of those things that's probably said all the time, but, you know, the best time to do it is is always now kind of thing so if you um if you think geez you know i want to start this little like routine before uh before a game but like you know the conditions aren't perfect for me to like start this thing and the coach doesn't really want to throw it to me or you know I don't, he doesn't want to my mate doesn't want to give me underarms just just do it go through it do do just do it that first time um and whether it works or not i think you've got to just keep going with something that you think will work for you yeah. in the long run it might not work. Sometimes things go backwards before they go forwards. Um, and it might not work straight away. But I think the best way to do it is just to start doing it. And, you know, if you if you want to start a routine or start a process, just start it. If you want to, um, you know, start triggering as a batsman, just do it. And um, and if you only if you think, though, that it's going to be good for you in the long run. I think as soon as you you start doubting that, then you can start having a look at your at your actual process. But if you're trusting something long term, or you're wanting to trust something, I think you can go a long way to doing that by just you know get going, get on the horse, and um, and starting that. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's really good, and I I kind of resonate with that at the moment. Uh, and taking imperfect actions because now you know like. I guess having a break from uh, the podcast has kind of made me realize that the things I was doing before wasn't really firing me up. And that's why, you know, you, you're kind of the first guy I'm chatting to about the performance side. And, and I know it's not going to be, well, like super polished and everything, but I think like just to do it, take the imperfect action and it can only get better. Uh, I mean, you know, like my my skill set can only improve because of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, like I, I really resonate with that and, just to take this imperfect actions, bro, because you can only get better. It can only get better in the long run. Yeah. yeah and at some stage, the, you know, the hard work, like we said earlier, it's, it's going to come and it's going to help you out at some stage. So I think like that imperfect action, you know, the, you always hear the, the commentators saying, uh, ugly wins better than a pretty loss. And sometimes <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what it is. So yeah, if you said to me, uh, you're going to get an ugly hundred or you're going to get the most beautiful 50 of your life, I know which one I'm taking. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's that thing. Yeah, take the hundred all day. So um, yeah, I think it's important whether, whether it's right or whether it's wrong or whether it's not so polished, as you say, it's just to you know, get on the horse and, and keep going with it. Yeah, and, and I know you said that you, you're not the kind of guy who likes doing the five-year thing and that was one of the questions. So I'll make it, you know, we, 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 can, we don't have to work on a timeline, but I was saying like, in the future, what does it look like for you? What are, what are the aspirations, man? Like, what do you, what do you want to be doing? Yeah, so I'm actually, um, I'm off to Holland for the winter now. Um, Beautiful. I'm going, uh, yeah, I'm flying tomorrow evening some stage. Um, so yeah, that's that I'm looking forward to going over there, playing the season over there and then coming back here um yeah it, it, i'm hoping to to sign something full-time with western province so we'll see what happens with that in the next couple of weeks um and then from there i think it's just again sticking to those little things um and i think once you start putting those little blocks in place i think you'll be surprised that well I, i'm hoping that i'll surprise myself at, at where you can kind of take it mm. um like i said earlier it's hard to say okay cool in x amount of time i want to be here 
Um, I'd love to play for South Africa one day. Um, that would be, you know, the ultimate. And then I think once I, once I hopefully get there, once, uh, that, you know, that's the goal, then hopefully the goal shifts with that and you and you say, okay, cool, now where, where can we take this to the next level? Um, but I think, you know, the immediate goal would probably be putting in performances consistently for, um, for Western Province, um, playing consistently, you know, going through the season, putting in some match-winning performances, because I think that that's kind of how you measured. Um, you shouldn't really be measured on on anything else, but how many games you you kind of win for your team, yeah. Um, or how many how many positive contributions can you make? Because um, yeah, you know, it's about winning games. That's essentially what it's about. Um, so I think yeah, I'm not not trying to look too long term. I think I'll go over play the season in Holland now, which will be awesome. Um, and then come back here and and like I said, just try and put in some some match winning performances and, and go from there and just stick to stick to what I do and stick to what I know best. And plans for Holland? What kinds of things are you going to get up to? Uh, not too much. I'm actually uh, a couple of sports fixtures over there that I'll go and watch. Nice. Uh, a little bit of golf. Um, I'll be over there with uh, Ryan Klein and his boot. Oh my gosh. And with Teo. Travel. So we're all in. Yeah, we're all playing. <laughs> we're all playing at the same club, which will be good fun. Um but yeah, I haven't actually planned too much. I'll do a little bit of coaching there, uh, obviously playing, and then yeah, a little bit of exploring. Um, yeah, must go and enjoy enjoy the cities. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Gav, thanks yeah. so much, man. I re- I really really appreciate your time. It was so cool, like just diving into the the performance stuff, and I can see it. You're someone who obviously thinks deeply about it, which is so awesome to to see. And I say it really stood out to me today was. Uh, shifting of goals because I've actually never thought of it like that uh, and yeah you know just allowing your goals to shift if you you know if you if you maybe go back a step or or go up a step with the every level as a new devil uh so you you shift those goals so thanks so much man I really appreciate it again there were nuggets of gold there I can't wait to to hear the um you know the feedback from everyone else on it so thanks so much bro I appreciate it Andrew thanks Robbie thanks for having me on and uh yeah keep getting on the horse 100% bro. Let's show up. <laughs>